there hope the summer is treating you well i'm disha sangvi and on this episode of insuring india we'll touch upon a rather sensitive topic would you be surprised if i said life insurance penetration in india is about 3% and non life is just at about 1% well it is true as a nation we are highly underinsured and one of the main reasons for this is the fact that most indians just don't like insurance I know that's a very bold statement to make but think about it how often have you ignored the thought of buying insurance or consulting an expert to understand how insurance works when was the last time you avoided buying insurance because you thought are nothing will go wrong i'm so fit i'll be absolutely fine on this episode i have with me shweta jain a certified financial planner and the founder and ceo of investography she has over 16 years of experience across financial planning and research She regularly conducts workshops for corporates such as Google, Accenture and JP Morgan. She has also conducted sessions on behalf of the Securities Exchange Board of India. You may have read Shweta's articles in publications such as Mint and Economic Times and seen her on news channels such as ET Now and Z Business. Hi Shweta, welcome to Insuring India. How are you doing today? Hi Disha, I'm good. Thank you for having me here. I've been looking forward to this conversation simply because you constantly meet people who come to you for personal finance advice. So tell us, how often do you sense hesitation when you talk to people about insurance? Um uh, almost 100% of the time <laughs> would be my answer. Uh but I think it's not as simple as uh, that, you know, uh, because everybody is uh, hesitant for a different reason. Um some don't want to talk about uh you know their inevitable mortality yeah. uh, some don't want to uh, sort of talk about this in front of family or think about what happens uh, to the family in case something happens to them you know the effect of that and some i think are just uh, are scared that if they talk about something like this it's going to happen right so if they prepare uh, for it it's going to happen you know and they actually believe that and they would tell me stories that you know there have been people who haven't taken insurance and nothing has happened and people who have taken insurance and you know something has happened whether it's even them and they've taken some health insurance and they fall in sick or met with an accident mm-hmm. immediately after so some of these times logic doesn't uh, sort of work uh, but uh, then we obviously have to talk about how some of these things will impact them and um a lot of other things sort of work uh, in these cases but most of the times it's you know different reasons and their personal experiences that come into play uh, when we talk about insurance and insurance is a little uncomfortable subject right it's um, it's like that uh, you know the airbags mm-hmm. that you know um, you need the airbags but you feel that if you put the airbag something is going to happen so it's it's like that Uh, but that doesn't mean that you won't put there back in fact if anything we look for safer cars now so uh, it's also like the seat belt in that case uh, right saying you protect your so airbags are when things go wrong and seat belts are to protect you uh, that, that that it doesn't even come to that right so mm-hmm. but i think covid has changed a lot of that because people have seen um, shows on sky shows on suffer because of the death of somebody and you know how when uh, things are not in place because of one fears how it sort of paralyzes the family so i think that is change so i think it's um, easier to sell investment product than an insurance product mm-hmm. uh, for the simple reason that investment you're looking at positive you know future and ins- insurance you're looking at like a what if that happens scenario 
Uh, but as a financial planner, I think both are equally important, and that's what we try and convey. Absolutely, I think in some ways insurance is looked at as a discretionary spend and not really a need. Uh, but Shweta, general insurance penetration, which you know also includes health insurance, is extremely low in India compared to other Asian countries such as China, Malaysia, and Thailand. Tell us about what you think are the top causes for this. So I think in India, um, traditionally, it has been that you know we've been a country where um, social support has been uh, quite uh, a lot. A case in the uh, past, and that is changing. So as a society, we are changing, and uh, I think it will take some time for us to catch up to that uh, in the investment and the financial sort of scenario. Mm-hmm. We used to be, uh, you know, joint families, and uh, one would take care of another, and all of that. Mm-hmm. That is changing now. It's sort of each one on their own, right? So that is changing, and I think it takes time to accept something like that and then remedy that. I think it's still in the sort of accepted stage. Mm-hmm. Um, where we see, you know, uh, people living alone, um, being single by choice, mm-hmm. uh, parents living here, children abroad, and you know, a lot of those scenarios. So, a lot of those services, I think, in India has to sort of come of age, so to speak, mm-hmm. and that is also true for insurance because I mean, we still are in that zone where uh, we're expecting, say, family to take care, and a lot of times that I speak to. Young mothers, mm-hmm. friends, you know, mm-hmm. and they are uh, in living in nuclear families. But when I talk about children's education and how we are planning for our child yeah, yeah. and what they would do, though they're living in nuclear families, they tell me, uh, "Shweta, this one grandparents will take care. You know, their future oh, mm-hmm. education grandparents will take care, or marriage grandparents will take care." And I am uh, for one shocked, and I cannot. I mean, there's nothing that I can say to change that, right? right. Because they're like grandparents have told us that we'll take care of this. So I can just share something that happened recently, and there's a, a friend who would always tell me that you know the future education of her child would be taken care of the grandparents while mm-hmm. uh, uh, they do live in a nuclear setup, and the grandparents uh, live in a second-tier uh, city. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've told me that like for almost ten years now, and suddenly uh, they uh, <laughs> the grandparents have moved with the couple. Okay. And uh, and they've come and told them that they're under a lot of debt uh, to the uh, extent that they would want to sell off the house that the, um, the, the my, living yeah yeah that my mm-hmm. friend lives in. So mm-hmm. it has been a total and utter shock uh, for my friend because she was obviously not aware of any of these family dynamics that are that are happening, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, the husband was a little more aware, uh, but he wouldn't let on because obviously I think shame. Uh, also was there, yeah. but uh, uh, you know he wouldn't uh, tell anything. And now when I asked her, okay, but you had said that you know grandparents would take care of this. Mm. So uh, does she have some equity in place for her, or like what is there? Can you? And she was almost in tears and said, you know, no, we have to now start planning for that. It's so sad and it's so scary because, we, like I said, we are in that um, I think zone where you're trying to accept um, that okay, we might be on our own, but we're not ready to accept it yet. Uh, so insurance becomes a very touchy subject in some of these times mm-hmm. because uh, you uh, want to think that you know there are people that you can depend on, and right. there is and there is the rest of the family that's really um, demotivating you or urging you not to sort of be independent in some of these cases and say you know mm-hmm. what um, we are there why are you worrying don't you trust us uh, mm-hmm. kind of a thing mm-hmm. you know which then it becomes even more difficult to handle a situation like that right. Um, this brings me to my next question, Shweta. 
you know time and again we've seen that there is a lack of trust in insurers there is a perception that insurers don't settle claims however in a lot of cases policyholders don't read the terms and conditions carefully which could eventually lead to rejection of claims in your view what are the possible solutions to dealing with this problem okay so a couple of things that we do is definitely look at uh, the claim settlement ratio what we also do is emphasize on how important it is to disclose information honestly and not just that to disclose all information relating to something like if okay. there is an issue um, like give reports uh, even if it means um that they have to do additional tests even if it means that their premium might be uh, higher than normal even if it means their policy gets rejected at least they know what they're dealing with right exactly. um so we sort of emphasize a lot on that and in fact uh, i'll tell you for a case that happened about 3 3 and a half years ago with us where um, a client actually got rejected uh, the policy got rejected because of obesity um, slightly higher bp some other condition and high sugar so basically all of these combined and the client was rejected covered like and she was very very upset you know she like the doctor is talking to me like i'm you know i am at the brink of death and they're refusing cover to me she was like really uh, upset and um, uh, you know after a lot of conversations and um, we said okay this is what you do she started seeing consult- uh, you know consulting nutritionist etc etc so we said you know let's give it some time so after 3 3 4 years let's go back and do this she said um so once she sort of calmed down accepted and all of that so she she was like okay this was a big eye opener for me because otherwise i would have never taken all of these conditions so seriously right. so today of course she's much in much better health she we still haven't been able to convince her to do that insurance again because i think partly she's just scared that she may be um rejected again but i think uh, we'll get there so this is just one example of how you know even not taking insurance has actually helped her so much Uh, you know and yeah and uh, she is actually quite grateful i think she's just not taking insurance because she's scared but she's actually quite grateful because this gave her the sort of eye opener reality check sort of punch in the face that she needed to just get her life on track uh, uh, so this is actually um, been very helpful for her and we've actually spoken about this to clients to tell them how they might think that they are fine but when they disclose some of these information which they think is irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, they will know what it is because see the last thing that anybody wants is that the claim gets rejected after their death right? right but if they are not going to share the correct information it is going to happen and they have to sort of um they, i mean the family has to live with that so uh, it's really really important and of course choosing the right insurance uh, partners is very very important Absolutely I couldn't agree more. But Shweta it would be interesting if you could tell us the top concerns that people have when it comes to buying insurance. You know are there any common excuses that people come up with? So the top um rejection for me would be I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I uh, am in terrific health. Mm-hmm. So I am not going to uh, die anytime soon. I'm there for my family. Um I exercise regularly I don't need it um so all of them are about their health but I think after covid uh, that has changed uh, a lot because we see a lot of news articles where we see really healthy people people running marathons mm-hmm. um you know um dying unusually uh, early in life uh, so I think that has um sort of somewhere it's thinking in that you know it's 
something that is out of my control. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've even had somebody who tells me that I uh, drive car, my car very safely, so I don't oh. need <laughs> insurance. Like I'm very safe in all aspects of my life. Like I, so the only thing that I sort of have is what if somebody uh, hits you from behind, right, in your car. Right. So that is not something that you can control. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody even told me that I don't drive in the rain. Uh, you know this. Guy was saying, I don't drive in the rain. I don't drive at night. I know all of these things when I was talking to him about an accident thing. Okay, uh, you, if you eat healthy, all of that is in control. But what happens, uh, you know, when you drive or when you're traveling? Yeah. Right. Uh, so I was, in fact, uh, told somebody, what happens if you're in a plane and there's a crash? So he actually cited numbers to me, saying this is the percentage of a plane crash, and this is car uh, motor crash numbers. So he was like, far less likely. So. People come with all sorts of rationalizations not to take it. At the end of the day, for somebody like that, I just talk about the cost-benefit ratio. Right. Right. So I just say, you know, this is just going to cost X amount, which in your overall sort of wealth is nothing. So why wouldn't you give your uh, family peace of mind? Okay, you know, you have a cover of five crores today, and this is, um, you know, what is cost? Uh, at least they'll be in peace of mind. While you do whatever it is that you continue to do, you know you continue to drive safe, you continue to eat healthy, but this is just a cost-benefit analysis for you, right. and it's a term policy. So if tomorrow you win a lottery, mm-hmm. um, you can just continue it. There's nothing sort of binding you to it. But till you win that lottery, you need it. Right. And uh, what about health insurance? Oh, after COVID, I don't need to really convince anybody about health insurance. Oh, that's people do. <laughs> people just come to us and ask for top ups now, saying, "Okay, I need to increase this. This isn't enough." Um, a lot of corporate employees who otherwise were not looking at topping up are looking at also topping up. So uh, after COVID, health insurance really, you know, we don't really have to go convincing. Um, they come to us. The only thing we have to tell them is about disclosing information, about making sure that they have adequate cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they have for not just company cover, so a lot of those things we need to uh, tell them, um, and of course tax uh, benefits don't hurt, so they do uh, then take advantage of the tax benefits. So at least for that much they're covered. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, uh, clients that would earlier not take uh, health insurance for parents uh, because of saying it's expensive or something, so that those are also looking at covering their parents because they've seen how it can be. I think most excuses stem from overconfidence and the fact that we don't want to think about things going wrong. It's like we prefer planning for the best without preparing for the worst. But it's good to see that COVID-19 has changed this to a certain extent. Having said that, insurance products are becoming more and more inclusive with insurers trying to bridge the gap by covering, uh, you know, outpatient medical expenses, dental treatments, mental illnesses, maternity expenses and so on. Even motor and travel products are evolving. So, Shweta, tell us what other pain points can insurers address to ensure more people find value in buying insurance? Uh, more ease uh, would go a long way because I think that is a pain point still. Uh, that when they go or uh, into a, a hospital, or they need to check which hospitals are covered um, under my uh, insurance, or which is a third party uh, that I need to sort of uh, administer. That you know, I need to sort of consult. So I think the convenience is definitely one that is just still increased. Um, that I still see a pain point. Um, the other uh, thing I think dental needs to be covered a little more um, because. Now people do worry about that, and these are huge costs that that we are seeing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people find dental to be a big, big pain point. 
Um, I don't uh, think of anything else uh, that they should sort of cover at the moment, but I think uh, they have to sort of increase the coverage and make. the whole process a little more easier right the other thing i i could think of is you know making uh, making sure that um there are small covers which are cheaper that they can sort of add on because mm-hmm. not everybody needs everything right you may give me a fancy policy which covers everything but it may cost a bomb but i may not need everything depending on say my family history or my own history i may need say more cover of one sort of um One specific condition. Yes, one condition or one sedental or whatever. Well, I think that's definitely some food for thought for all insurers. Moving on, Shweta, I've heard you and many other financial planners stress on the fact that insurance is an important part of building a robust financial plan. So tell us, what approach should one take when it comes to buying insurance, both life as well as non-life? So when one looks at their finances, I think insurance is the first thing that you look at, not. The last or not a, like a fat saving tool. I think it's the very first thing you look at, um, even if you don't have dependents. And uh, usually, what happens is even if, like, when you're younger and um, you don't have any dependents, nobody is really counting on you uh, for your, uh, uh, you know, sort of money. You're uh, counting on you to take care of expenses. Uh, that is when you can take insurance to be like the cheapest at its cheapest, right? When you're right. young. Right. So. It helps if we talk about insurance in a way that this is the first step. Okay, SIPs are great as a first step, but can we have like a pre-SIP routine where we talk about insurance, yeah. life and health? Um, one of the reasons that also people like corporate jobs is because they are covered for at least health. Health, yeah. right? But um, if you are in a smaller company, you are in a startup, if you are running your own business, if you started your on your own, you don't have this. a uh, cushion you don't have something to fall back on in case something goes wrong in fact uh, just with like a health insurance or life insurance policy in place you can um save yourself so much heart and so much trouble uh, i had just given an example here uh, so there was this businessman who in his early 40s um was of decent health not necessarily the best of health but decent health right you be um his own business uh one afternoon he just fell uh, he had his daughter around uh, and he had a massive heart attack mm-hmm. his illness i mean his treatment getting back to um sort of normal cost him not just his business and home at that time but he literally went into loans got into bankruptcy he got to a bankruptcy stage because of just one afternoon so when we all think that you know things are great mm-hmm. and you know nothing's going to happen to us right. and we think that you know even if something happens it's you know death is going to be the worst mm-hmm. it isn't something like this is even worse than death right because you have to then deal with this you have to get back your life right from the dumps and uh, this person actually commendably built his life back from there from bankruptcy and worked really really hard through his late 30s early 40s Mm-hmm. all of that right so mm-hmm. it took him almost 10 12 years to get back at a decent stage not even where he was so just one cover would have saved him so much um pain and so much heartache right. and so much humiliation see at the end of the day once the uh, pain and heartache goes there is humiliation um that you see right because Absolutely. you so much behind in life than the, what you yourself were 
not even compared to peers peers have even gone further right in late 40s people and the sort of prime of their careers and here he was where people in their early 20s are building their portfolios right yeah so so it's a lot of that lot of mental trauma all of that could have been avoided just with like a couple of decent covers on health and life so that is why i talk about it so passionately saying you know you need that you need that cushion to fall back on in case something goes wrong and i think that sort of um convinces people saying okay because i mean while we would like to believe that things are in control they're not everything that is in our control right i'm sure our listeners will have a lot to take away from the anecdote that you just shared life indeed is uncertain and it's so important to be prepared because the impact could be huge in some cases everlasting I think it would be very interesting to know how you deal with people who show resistance when it comes to buying insurance. Tell us a little about it. So as I just talk about things that I've seen and honestly that actually works because people think that they know everything and the reason that they're coming to me is to see a little more than what they've seen, right? So I talk about things that could go wrong. So my first step is of course talk about what they need. why they need it so for example whether it's life insurance why do they need it how much they need what is it cost so mm-hmm. a lot of time um logic sort of works and my saying that in the cost benefit you know uh, analysis says just take this and be peaceful and who knows just sleeping peacefully at night you're going to uh, not need any of this right so just by paying this you're buying your peace of mind Right. So, so this is your the cost of your peace of mind. Are you ready to pay this? The twenty five thousand a year. Are you ready to pay this? Mm-hmm. And more often than not, people are like, okay, fine. Like if you insist, sometimes they're not convinced, but they're like, okay, because you're saying I will take it, right? But when they see people around them, and it's usually resistance is because they've never spoken about this to anybody, right? Um, so sometimes it says, you know, okay, let's talk about this. Three months from now or six months from now, and see for us, we're not in a rush to sort of sell anything, right? So that helps us saying, okay, this is what you need. It's good if you take now, but you have to take it at some point. Or if you decide to do this after a month, let's have this conversation again after a month. Right, right. And sort of once this hear this from you, this opening their eyes and ears and see you around what is happening in this sort of perspective with it. sort of different perspective right so that helps them as well because they're like okay you know this costs them so much so i was just talking to my friend who uh, you know and uh, you said 25000 and he was like you know why aren't you just jumping at it because i spent like 10 lakhs or 5 lakhs or whatever at this place and he's like oh wow okay you know exactly. so just because you've initiated that conversation their perspective is now different and they talk to people about it people who are not you people who have uh, seen people who are friends people who are colleagues mm-hmm. and um, because they started talking about it they come to know so much more about in fact i had somebody who tell me that because you initiated this insurance conversation i actually spoke to somebody and they opened up about their um, sort of experience and it was um, while they did have insurance it was so harrowing just the whole experience was so harrowing mm. so thank you you know it helped me connect to them at a different level So a lot of these resistances come because we've not we've just not um, spoken about it we're just not aware or we just didn't think it was important the other of course reason is when we just tell them about some of these incidents that we've seen 
um, like I mentioned about the bankruptcy, like I mentioned about, uh, you know, this a friend of mine who uh, was depending completely on the in-laws. Mm-hmm. So then I speak about some of these to them and they connect to it as well because they might be in similar situations or they themselves and see somebody with a, a similar situation, you know. Right. So then they're like, okay, you know what, what you're saying makes sense. So do you think this company is right? So then it moves to a more saying, okay, which company, how much premium. So there are different ways that clients come at it. So different ways, so not one single way that you talk to clients about it. Um, but yes, at the end of the day, then they have to make sure that they pay that premium and make sure that you, you're signing them up for that insurance so that they're protected. Makes sense. Um, so Shweta, we are close to the end of this episode, but there are a few critical things that we would like to understand from you. From your experience of putting together financial plans, um, tell us by how much can a medical emergency set you back in the absence of adequate insurance? Okay, so from a health insurance point of view, I can just think about uh, two or three instances that have actually happened. So one of them was uh, this couple where both of them had insurance from their companies and both of them sort of decided to move their jobs at around the same time, maybe a month here and there. So one was between jobs and the other one sort of started their own business. Uh, So for a period of about six, seven months, they had absolutely no health insurance because, I mean, they said, okay, uh, we'll figure it out. I mean, this is given their um, sort of priority at that time and this is almost, almost... 10 years ago, I think. And uh, here they are thinking about what they should do in life and um, the mother of the husband mm. sort of falls uh, and um, fractures her hip. And a huge medical cost, surgery, um, all of that happens and uh, they realize they have no health insurance. And one hasn't sort of worked for the last six months so they're uh, literally um, living on off their savings. Mm-hmm. And the other one has uh, started his own business. So again, eating into savings. So where six months ago they would have thought they're at a great place in life financially, now they're literally seeing that there's absolutely, you know, no cushion for us to fall back on. She ultimately of course started uh, working with somebody else uh, Mm -hmm. very soon after. But this whole surgery and the whole trauma sort of uh, cost them close to I think 7 lakhs at that time which is you know, 10 years ago, pretty much, yeah. yeah, and pretty much like 15 to 18 lakhs in today's value, right? Right. So, I think that is something that um, uh, people don't really think about saying it could cost, what it could cost us, right? Mm-hmm. They think about what it is costing now, say, that 25,000 or 30,000 premium. They don't think about what it could cost them. I right. think the minute you start thinking of what it could cost you, the whole perspective changes. I want to actually sort of take this forward and focus a little more on health insurance given that it has finally taken center stage. So for a family of four, um, say two adults and two children with an annual income of 20 to 25 lakh, how much sum insured would you suggest? Uh, So usually they do have company health insurance but assuming that they don't have any or what's the total that we're looking at. So I would recommend at least like a 15 lakh cover, like bare minimum 15 lakh cover. Uh, that they should be looking at for the the whole family for the whole family yeah Uh, if they are not comfortable with just 15 lakhs they could could then top it up with another say 10 lakhs which is like a floater and that is what we recommend to clients if they again it's a cost benefit ratio right so whatever they want 
so we give them that option but 15 lakhs is my sort of bare minimum that they should have so that they are absolutely comfortable because something could happen to all of them at the same time uh, and uh, that uh, is not something that they would want accidents happen illnesses happen covid happen so 15 yeah. lakhs is the bare minimum and uh, 10 lakh top up is what we uh, recommend as well and could you share any tips on how one can maximize their coverage at an affordable cost uh, so that's exactly why we talk about uh, breaking down the 25 lakh cover that i just spoke about 15 mm-hmm. lakhs is something that we recommend that they do like a individual policy so depending on um, the age of course uh, the premium varies and the company the premium varies right. uh, but uh, a 10 lakh top up which is a floater can help them maximize the cover so they are protected in case something happens to all of them as well and right. there is a floater that is maximizing that cover mm. because if they otherwise take a only is like a floater which is say 10 lakh uh they're not going to be adequately covered in case something happens to all of them because see, there will be uh, limitations in terms of how much you can claim uh, say for example in room rent or whatever the uh, terms and conditions of the policy are right so it's, it's a, just a floater that's not going to help so that's why we recommend like a 15 lakh cover which is individual and then a 10 lakh top up makes sense absolutely shweta thank you so much for giving us your time Personally there have been quite a few takeaways for me and I think our listeners will have a lot to think about too. Thank you for having me. It was a great conversation. Thanks. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back soon with another interesting episode of Insuring India. Until then, take care and stay well.